Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. We're going to have a great show. David Brainy's here, Iowa State University, uh, the manager of our cow-calf unit, and we're going to talk about what to do when the calf hits the ground, how to care for those calves, to care for your cows, and much more. Stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and we have a special guest, a friend and a colleague, David Brainy. David is the manager of the cow-calf unit here at Iowa State University. And if you've been a student at Iowa State or are a student or going to be a student, uh, David is probably one of, if not, our best teacher we have on this campus. And um, he spends so much time with students, so much time with research. But the other thing you'll understand about David is he's an unbelievable uh, cattle manager and, and not only runs cows here at Iowa State, but has his own yep. uh, herd. Um, and, and so he's a go-to person for information. Uh, David, we're going to talk about when that calf hits the ground. Yep. And let's just kind of get rolling on kind of what you know, we got a calf now. What what do we need to yeah. think about? So hopefully, if we've done our job by picking out that location where that cow is going to calve, we should already have her provided with adequate wind protection. Obviously, here in the Upper Midwest, that's pretty important, and a plan to deliver bedding so that we give that mom the best chance that we can of us not having to intervene. So we're going to talk today about when we do need to intervene. First and foremost, in a chilled calf situation, um, I'm going to automatically go towards, we're going to get some groceries in it right away. We're going to do that with a colostrum replacer product. Yep. What I'm concerned about at that point is raising that calf's internal core temperature. The fastest, most effective way is good warm colostrum. We don't have to worry about if the calf already received colostrum at that point. We're going to intervene with a high quality product with a minimum of 100 grams of aminoglobulin protein of bovine origin. We're gonna start there first, we're gonna get that into that calf, and then we're gonna segue into, if we're gonna rub it off with a towel, if the cow hasn't mothered it, if she's not going to mother it, um, best case scenario, we get to just put them in a nice dry calving pen and kind of monitor them for a little bit. Otherwise, we can intervene with towels, stimulate that calf just as the mother would, yep. increase circulation so that calf can get up. And I think it's important to understand that if we're using a colostrum replacement, um, more immunoglobulin is not a bad thing, okay? Um, studies have shown, you know, if you do it within that first six to 12 hours, you can get a real boost and, and not just a, an increase in, in, in warming them up, but a decrease in scours and an increased weaning weight. Yeah, colostrum is hugely important. Those first our policy is in the first four hours, every calf will receive colostrum. That is going to set that calf up for success for the rest of its life. Those first four to six hours are the most crucial time in that calf's life, um, as you very well know. But we're also going to use it as a really good tool here to kind of help us get that calf's core temp up. When they go out, when someone goes out, the other thing is if you're going out with just the intent to put a tag in a calf's ear at four hours, don't do it because uh, the mom, the mother does not need a tag in that baby's ear to know which one's hers, um, you know, and so we get into that rush. If, if you're not going to do a colostrum replacement or, or check that calf for, for being chilled, leave them alone. 
Yep. And and let them let them nurse and get that colostrum. Yeah, we won't intervene with any calf on processing or tagging until 12 hours of birth. We use the AM-PM rule, born in the AM, process in the PM, born in the PM, process the following AM. Leave them alone. Her job is to be a mom at that point. Yep, I couldn't agree more. So you can see this is going to be a show packed with information. Uh, we're upon calving season. We're lucky to have David here. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, more with David Brainy here at Iowa State University. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're sure glad you joined us. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson here with David Brainy, the manager of the Iowa State University Cow Calf Unit, and where I teach at Iowa State and do research. And David and I work together in classes, and again, one of the biggest attractions to Iowa State if you're a bovine student is getting to work with this guy. Um, when you think about uh, warming up these calves, okay, so we've got the colostrum in them, uh, they're still chilled, what do, we, what, do we, what do you do? So first and foremost, um, obviously in the perfect world, we're at our headquarters where we've got everything laid out. First and foremost, I really want to advise people against using any devices that are going to move air across that calf. He's still going to be damp. Um, I really don't want to get that cooling effect started. I'm a much bigger fan of a heated blanket on them or laying them on a heated mat and then working with them with a dry towel to stimulate that calf, increase blood flow, get them dried off just the same way mom would out in mother nature. Stimulating that calf and getting that calf vigor started is so hugely important in that beginning, especially on a chilled calf because they got to have a want they got to have a will to want to live too. So yeah. um, we're going to go that route. If I don't have that available, my next favorite thing is we will actually crank the floor vents on a truck, get the cab of the truck really warm, shut the air off or divert it to the back, and then set that calf in the floor of a really, really warm pickup cab and then work with it if we're out on a farm or ranch where we don't have access to a headquarters and a really nice facility. And I think that comes back to, you were talking about, you know, set up that place for bad weather, right? Yeah. And, and have a place to work with those calves uh, that's not in your house. Yep. It's hugely important to have somewhere set up where you've got colostrum replacer, everything available, whether it's a utility tub sink, um, if you're going to use the hot water bath method, not your bathtub in your house, um, so that you have a place to work and mama's not mad at you because you're wrecking the carpet in the process. Oh yeah, and, and folks, taking the calves into your home, I, I know, you know, it's something we've done, it's part of our, you know, kind of our heritage, um, but the garage works better, the working place works better. Um, keeping them out of your bathtub, the, the calves can have salmonella, they can have campylobacter, they can have E. coli, and, and we've just seen too many times when a youngster uh, gets in the bathtub yep. uh, the night after a calf was warmed up and they, they kids drink bath water and we didn't get the bathtub cleaned up and we wind up with some salmonella or E. coli infections in our kids. So, so try to keep them out of the house. Yeah, have that good place set up. Um, prevention is worth a pound to cure. Get all this set up, have a plan in place of what you're going to do. 
so that it's not this last minute scramble when the time does come and you do have an instance where you get a chilled calf. So uh, we do see warmer boxes. Yep. What are some of your thoughts on warmer boxes? They're a great tool. I want to decrease that air movement over that calf just to decrease evaporative cooling effect. And I want to make sure that we're being very sanitary with those warmer boxes. I see a lot of them. We just, the only time we worry about them is when we chuck a new calf in there and we kind of use it like an easy bake oven. Um, we really, if you're going to use those, they're a good tool. Make sure you're disinfecting them and keeping them clean. It, whether it's a kitten or a puppy or a calf or a foal, um, fluids, hydrated and warm. Yep. It's amazing. You can bring something in that's like an ice chunk. <laughs> and if you can warm them up and get some, some fluids in them, they're going to do okay. Yep. They're pretty resilient little critters. Thank goodness. <laughs> so thanks for watching Doc Talk. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about different things on your facilities and, and uh, working with your veterinarian. Back more with David Brainy. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with David Brainy. David is a wealth of information. He's the manager of the uh, cow-calf unit. Well, he's actually the manager over all beef ops uh, here at Iowa State University for all of our beef farms and uh, including the beef nutrition farm, which is a feedlot setting. We were talking about, you know, calving and, and first day and, and things like that. But really, you know, we talked about the host um, the calf and the cow. Now let's talk a little bit about the environment. Yeah, where, where, sure. are we wanting, where are we wanting to calve? It's hugely important. Um, actually probably has more to do with a successful calving season than people really take into account. Um, depending on your environment, obviously if you're out in big rangeland settings, we want to make sure we get those cows tucked in somewhere with adequate um, windbreak, um, as well as a offer them a dry place to lay, right? So obviously we're always gonna have that one heifer that decides that the mud puddle is the best place, but we wanna offer them a nice dry place to have that calf so we can give them the best chance we can of having success. When we lay that out, we also wanna think about, are we gonna, what time of the year? Obviously, if you're more of a winter calving outfit, uh, probably need to have some sort of indoor calving pens available. When it comes to calving barns, I'll tell you the same thing I tell everybody, it's a great tool to save a calf, and it's a phenomenal place to get calves sick if mismanaged. Just because it's a calf and it's born, if everything's going good, they sure don't need to take an overnight stay into the calving barn if we've got adequate wind protection and a dry place for those calves and cows to lay. Yeah, and you know, the, you're gonna know if you have a predator yeah. issue, right? Yep. And, and one day isn't gonna make that big a difference, but I think watching your predators uh, around calving season, especially if it's cold, um, is important. But but you're right, having everything go through the barn, it's no different than if you're not keeping the barn clean and thinking just like we were about the warmer box or the bathtub, yep. and we're talking about biosecurity, it's, it, it may be dry, but it may, if you aren't cleaning it and changing bedding and, and really working at it, which bedding is not cheap. Nope. But nope. man, does it not using bedding, it probably costs us more. Yeah. The thing that I want people to remember about a calving barn is think about when you're in there, the activities that you're dealing with. It's usually where the sick calves go, the calves that you need to work with. So why would we take a calf in there unnecessarily unless we need to? Yep. So I want to have one, have it set up, have it as best as I can. We're going to have it as dry as we can set up perfect in the perfect calving season. We'd never use it at all. Right. And, and you were talking about 
the having the barn and having that headquarters for for working on calves um, is set up so that when we do have the winter storm or we do have that storm during that we have a place that we're going to go yep we have a place where we're going to go uh, depending on if we're going to use a feeding method of controlling the time of day those cows are going to calve a plan on who's going to watch them how we're going to monitor them uh, we want to think out every contingency plan that we need to to get through a successful calving season yeah so so when you think about this and we think about disease management we we focus on the calf getting them warm getting them colostrum we focus on the cow proper vaccinations prior to, to calving and 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 environment uh, after we think of the host we, we want to think of that environment and everything you use is part of the environment whether it's a colostrum tube whether it's a warmer box whether it's a calving barn all of those have to have a protocol in place and when we come back that's what we're going to discuss right yep definitely we're going to talk about protocols that you can have and set up and and what david and his staff do here at iowa state university you're watching doc talk we'll be right back hey folks welcome to doc talk i'm dr dan thompson here with a friend and colleague david Brainy, who is He's, he's, he, he does a lot of teaching here at Iowa State, manages farms, um, manages our cow-calf unit, manages our feedlot, um, but also has his own cow herd. He spends a lot of time with, on, the, on our National Cattlemen's Beef Board, uh, works in the Iowa Beef Industry Council. If it has anything to do with cattle in Iowa, I don't know anybody that's more involved than David. And uh, I'm very thankful for your service and all that you do for so many people. Um, David, when we talk about um, protocols, okay, it's, it's, it's something we talk about and a lot of times don't get done or we don't go look at, but yep. talk to me about what you all do for your protocols. Yeah, so first and foremost, obviously all my labor is undergraduate students. So the first thing that we do is those students are all going to go through our calving school every year so that when we have a problem, they at least have been exposed to it. The biggest thing that I can tell people during calving season is I see more mistakes made because people don't know how to plan ahead of time and control their emotions when things are going south fast. Yep. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have a protocol in place for what's going to happen in the event of a chilled calf, in the event of a dystocia. If somebody's there that doesn't know how to deal with it, who do they call? If that person does not answer the phone, who do they call next? Right. I want to have a really good list of contacts with people that are going to know what needs to happen. Furthermore, on from that, in calving season, we're going to have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C in the event of a scourge outbreak. What are we going to do? Our protocol, the very first thing we're going to do in sick calves, we're going to test them to see if we're dealing with viral or bacterial yep. before we just start blindly shotgun approaching it. Um, and that's where our protocols over the years have made us hugely successful in calving season because we have a plan before we get there. Yeah. So who do you, I mean, obviously you are the core and you develop these protocols, but who, if you're, you know, as a producer, who are, who are people that, that we're gathering information from to help develop our protocols? Sure. One good one, obviously your first contact should be your veterinarian because they're going to be the one that gets a frantic phone call in the middle of the night if there's a dystocia issue. Uh, you need to know, do they have a haul-in facility if we have a C-section or a scenario that, or cesarean that needs to happen? Or is there a different vet that we need to call for that so that we're not wasting time calling a vet that doesn't 
right. have a facility to yep. do that. The other person that we probably need to talk to is if we're going to be using any products from any other uh, pharmaceutical companies that that vet isn't familiar with, if you're going to kind of go rogue and off your vet's recommendation, you need to have that protocol in place and understand how to implement it if you're going to do things like that. And then your crew would be your next one or who's going to be working with you. And I don't care if that's your kids, your wife, your mom, or your dad. Everybody needs to know what the game plan is. So if somebody's away, somebody doesn't come back and is mad and say, why'd this happen while I was gone? And I can't reiterate enough on, on when you're talking about the veterinary side, because a lot of these things hit home. Um, you know, you, people will say, well, I, I don't want to haul in a cow. And I'm just telling you right now from a veterinary standpoint, if I have all my equipment and everything there, it's actually so much more beneficial for you to haul that cow to the clinic. The yep. chances of a C-section being successful go up dramatically. Um, the opportunity to get it done in a more timely manner, I don't have to go to the clinic. I don't have to load everything. If I forget something, go back, uh, things to that nature. And actually getting a technician to come in and support yep. happens. Yep. So, so much information. I appreciate all you do. Yeah, not a problem. Awesome. That's David Brainy. He's here at Iowa State with me. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson. Remember, always work with your local veterinarian. And if you want to know more about what we do, what we do on DocTalk, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. With David Brainy, I'm Dan Thompson, and I'll see you down the road. DocTalk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of AllFlex Livestock Intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. The Alertness Non-Farm Pregnancy Test for us has been unbelievable time saver because we can do it whenever we want. My favorite part about Alertus on farm, we can get results fast. You know, in 20 minutes, you know whether that cow goes to pasture A, B, or C. It's just very efficient. It's gonna make you a lot of money. You're not gonna have open cows standing there all winter looking at you, and you can do it on your time. It's the drive, the passion, the unbridled desire to be the world's greatest. It's the early mornings, late nights, and every hour in between spent grooming the next generation of champions. We're with you through the best times and the tough times. Seeing your horses through inevitable health scares and setbacks you never saw coming. Everything they deserve is here, delivered fast. We'll work hard for you so you can work hard for your dreams.